What's up, everyone? We're here for another episode of Lockdown Bucks, and we are just minutes after the Brooklyn and Boston playing, or Brooklyn and Cleveland playing game, I should say, but that means it's going to be Brooklyn and Boston in the first round of the postseason. So we can talk about that a little bit because we know that would have been the series that the Bucks were in. Uh, of course, potentially, uh, without getting ahead of ourselves, it could be a second-round matchup as well. So it does uh, bring the Bucks into the equation, this result of this game here as well. We will talk... Bucks and Bulls a little bit. Maybe we'll talk awards. There's plenty to discuss as we continue to build up. We also have a game time for game one between Milwaukee and Chicago on Sunday. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. show monday to friday uh maybe sometimes on the weekends too now that the playoffs are around uh you can also find my work over at espn joining me today as she does at least once a week uh we haven't discussed uh potential extra shifts during the postseason <laughs> but i'm kind of just bringing that up right now it's camille davis from the technical foul podcast as well and by the way you guys just finished recording what we are chatting about tonight well, one, I will say I am here for any extra duty during the like it's the playoffs. It's time to get excited. It's time to get That's going. Right. It's it's That's it's right. heavy podcast season. But um tech file this week, uh, we decided to just do NBA focused episodes. So not like our traditional shows where we cover stuff from all different sports. We just focused on the three, six and four or five matchups um uh, in the east and the west. So it's a little bit of a shorter episode for us, but uh it was it was fun. It was fun. All right, go check that out. Of course, though, I have to say thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. Don't take offense to that, Camille. You're a part of this too. So, uh, you know, you do whatever you need to do after you've finished listening or watching Locked On Bucks, but we appreciate it. Uh, programming note for tomorrow, Camille, uh, Mr. Jim, Jim Paschke, is going to come hang out. And nice. uh, we try to get Jim on the show from time to time. Obviously, the longest time broadcaster of the Milwaukee Bucks. Everyone yeah. knows Jim's voice texted him a little bit last night and he said that you know and this is this is the professional jim he said well uh, you know i i kind of just watch the games as a as a fan now so i'm gonna have to do some preparation and i said jim i, I think you're gonna be totally fine i don't think you need to do any preparation for this podcast but jim will be on tomorrow so make sure you check that out as well that'll be a lot of fun uh, obviously we're going to talk bucks today uh, but it's very relevant at this time of year, the other games that are going on, the other series that are going to be happening. Uh, we just watched the Nets, I would say, kind of unconvincingly beat the Cavs in this playing game uh, at home, which means that it is going to be Nets and Celtics. How do you feel about this series, Camille? Well, I will say this first because, you know, there's been the conversations about how the Bucks were, were dodging sure. the Nets. Sure. And I can get why people would say that. But me personally... I don't look at it as dodging when you stay on the same side of the bracket. So it's kind of like regardless of what happens with Boston and, you know, Brooklyn, we're going to have to see one or the other at some point. So either the team that, you know, we most recently saw and they had a choice to 
take the second or the third spot in the East, or we're going to see Brooklyn, the team that we were supposedly dodging. I look at it more so as the Bucks didn't really see much of a difference either way, and they were just going to try to get a rest advantage going into the playoffs. But with that matchup being set between Brooklyn and Boston, I hope it goes seven. I hope it goes seven. I hope it's a long, hard, tough-fought series between both of them. But honestly, if I had to pick right now without you know doing additional research um, between on the two teams, my gut actually goes with Boston in that series. Um, I think they're a really tough out for that Brooklyn team, given just how crazy they are on defense. Like we saw Kyrie go nuclear tonight, barely missing anything, 12 of 15 from the field, hitting just super contested shots throughout the evening. But perimeter defense is not necessarily the strong suit of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Meanwhile, in Boston, you're going to have Marcus Smart all in his face. And it's also the narrative around it as well with Kyrie going back to Boston and that whole situation that was going on there. So narrative-wise, I mean, it's going to be fun. And I think basketball-wise, it's going to be a great matchup as well because I could see some games where it comes down to some dueling to a certain degree with uh, Jason Tatum trying to do you know, his job as a superstar for their team and Katie doing what he does in the fourth quarter. I totally agree. And I'm just looking at the box score here as you were talking through that because I think a lot of what you said makes sense. And I was watching this thinking, uh, how much... Like, is it possible for Brooklyn to play Kevin Durant 60 minutes in a 48-minute game? Because I, I just, I saw a few tweets about it, and I totally agree. I was just watching this game tonight against this Cleveland team and thinking, well, Kevin Durant can hardly miss. Kyrie Irving basically hasn't missed. They both got double-digit assists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why is this still a game with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter against a Cleveland team that has been yeah, kind of disastrous the last couple of months? Not necessarily mm-hmm. through their own fault. They've had a lot of injuries. So, yeah, this Boston team that is going to play serious defense and is going to be super physical. We saw the effect that the the cumulative effect that playing these minutes can take. And this was part of the reason why I think, you know, it's not to say Brooklyn can't win. And if Milwaukee get Brooklyn in the second round, whatever, like you said, they're on the same side of the bracket. The Bucs are still going to have home court advantage in that series if that's the way it plays out. But what you're probably going to have is because I could see Brooklyn wrapping this series, uh, Boston wrapping this series up pretty quickly. I can't see. Brooklyn wrapping it up quickly. So if Brooklyn gets through, I think it's a long series. And at that point, you've probably got 45 minutes per game of Kevin Durant again. And yes, he's the closer. And yes, he's terrifying. But they had 60 points tonight combined on 31 shots. Incredibly efficient. They both had double-digit assists. And it's like, what is the maximum output these two humans can have? Yeah, I mean, even Bruce Brown almost had a triple-double tonight. Like, it was a good game from a lot of their key pieces. And like you mentioned, Cleveland was able to hang around. They had a disastrous first quarter. Cleveland just came out, like, shell-shocked a little bit and kept trying to chip away, chip away, chip away. But at the end of the day, you know, Brooklyn made some shots in the clutch that that helped them carry on to victory. So, I Brooklyn's defense has been the big question mark, period, coming into, you know, the playoffs. So, if they're up against a team that can score and we know that Boston can score at a very, you know, high clip. And on top of that, Boston can also play defense. Like it makes me a little bit worried about Brooklyn's chances, not worried in the sense of like, I care if Brooklyn wins or not as a Bucks fan, it doesn't really matter to me who we see, but just as somebody like looking at the game, like I would worry about Brooklyn's chances against Boston here. I think that's right. Seth Curry had, uh, well, he was scoreless in 34 minutes, which obviously yeah. is probably the other thing that's probably not going to happen too often there 
Uh, interesting that some of the older players are, are barely playing on that team as well. I mean, Blake Griffin has basically not played at all. Do you reckon Blake is he going to be in the league next year? Oh, if Brooklyn keeps him, I, yeah, <laughs> I think the right. sit around there. Maybe he's a good locker room guy for him or something along those lines. But production wise, I'm I'm not sure exactly how he continues to carve out a role. But then again, DeAndre Jordan's still playing somehow as well. So who knows? Well, maybe, yeah, maybe. Blake needs to go and play for Doc Rivers again. Maybe he'll all of a sudden Maybe. start getting minutes there. <laughs> uh, onto the Bucks, we do have a game time. We've got a tip time uh, for game one, Sunday, 5.30 p.m. Central time. For me, 8.30 a.m. Monday morning, which really is just a spectacular time to wake up on Monday and watch some basketball. I, I think I like this. I- I'm glad they're not the early game. Yeah. It's not traditional nighttime, but on a Sunday, people might want to enjoy the game. Uh then they can go to bed at a reasonable hour if they need to get up and work on Monday. I like it. This is a nice time slot. Yeah, I do too. To be the Sunday game and it's a 5.30 tip-off time, meaning, you know, you should be able to be done around 8.30 or so. Like, that's that's perfect for a Sunday. That's a perfect Sunday evening. It's just relaxing, watch some Bucks basketball, have dinner. Hopefully, we get a Bucks one out of that too. All right, let's get more into Bucks and Bulls here in just a second after I talk about... Uh, Friends who just jumped on the podcast, Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of 200 bucks sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means Polaroid lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. And I'm always losing sunglasses. I basically just don't worry about having sunglasses because I'll break them or I'll lose them. And it's just a complete waste of money. But if I was going to get a pair of Shady Rays, then I would feel much more confident about it. So you can give them a try. And if you don't love them, uh, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to shadyrays.com. Use the code locked on to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's Locked on is the code for their best deal of the season. And by the way, this is Shady Rays, S-H-A-D-Y-R-A-Y-S, just in case some people sometimes can't quite understand me. Uh, but Shady Rays is backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews, so go check them out. Uh, also check out the Locked On Now podcast. Uh, still rolling through the postseason is playing games. You can hear what the local experts are thinking. I've mentioned we'll probably catch up with Locked On Bulls later in the week, so we'll see how they're feeling ahead of this Bucks and Bulls series. How are you feeling ahead of this Bucks and Bulls series, Camille? I feel great. I feel yeah. very, very confident. I will say this for the the Bulls side of things. I've seen some like reaction on Twitter to Bulls fans who were saying like, oh, you know, if we were healthy, I'd feel so much better about our chances. Like, we were healthy, it'd be a different story. And I can understand why there's been some skepticism from people um, hearing that kind of like it wouldn't matter either way. But I can also understand why Bulls fans feel that way, because when they had Lonzo out there helping to run the show, putting up the threes they need to have put up because they don't really jack up a whole bunch of threes. And Lonzo was one of the guys who would do that and hit them at a pretty respectable clip. Healthy Caruso. They looked really good early. Like they really looked good before Zach Levine was having his many knee issues. So I can I can definitely understand the optimism that they had, the hope that they had. But the reality going into this playoff series is that 
there's no Lonzo. Caruso is battling with some some back issues. Levine has the knee problem. Tristan Thompson has no answer for for Giannis. Um, I personally think that Chicago can get maybe a game. Um, I think maybe a gentleman sweep here is what is my prediction. I feel really good about the Bucks' chances because Chicago's defense is not that great. It's middle of the pack. I believe they were somewhere in the 20s at the end of the season there. And quiet as it's kept, the Bucks' offense has been a key part of them having success this season. Hopefully it's like what we've seen in the playoffs last year where the defensive rating goes up in the playoffs when every possession matters and they're, they're more locked in. But we know that this team can score. This team can get a bucket. I think the Bucs are going to try probably putting Pat Will on Giannis because they had some success with that, you know, relative um, in the last matchup. But even when you do that, I mean, you still have Drew Holiday out there. You still have Chris Middleton. You have Brooke Lopez. You have Bobby Portis. Like, there's just a lot of offensive options that we have. And then you even have someone like Grayson Allen coming off the bench, Pat Connaughton. Uh, I just think that the way that the Bucs play offensively, we're going to be very hard to stop. And I think that the Bucs defensive play is going to ramp up another level in the playoffs. And I don't think that bodes well for Chicago, especially if they start trying to win the game, doing hero ball and iso ball, because we saw that, you know, DeRosa can drop 40, 45, and they can still lose. <laughs> like if the ball's not moving and no one else is producing, then like it, it's just they don't really have much to work with there. What about game one? Are you going to be nervous heading into game one? Let's remember back to last year's postseason. The Bucks only won game one in the first round. And uh, for those that will remember, that game one wasn't exactly a masterpiece uh, against Miami as well. Took Chris Milton to hit a game winner. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of a different attitude this year for Bucks fans heading in to watch this team in the postseason. Maybe there's a little bit more trust there. But the Bucs are not the best game one team. Hey, don't really care about how game one goes as long as the series goes in the same way. Like, hey, I'm saying it's going to be Bucks and five. So if they lose game one, then let's let's get the next four. So I, I think to your point about the, the shot selection, it's going to be really interesting. I actually think a key player in this series is going to be Brooke Lopez because uh, one of the things that we did see uh, the other night when the Bucks played the Bulls was that Giannis, yeah, he didn't have his best night and it didn't matter at all because it was basically a layup line for Brooke Lopez. And I don't think that when people look at the Chicago defense, they say, well, you have no way of stopping Giannis. And that might be true. I still think Giannis is going to get his numbers in this series. But the problem is that the focus is going to be on Giannis so much that Brooke Lopez, he might end up with that layup line that he had a couple of nights ago against the Bulls and just go completely off. So I think for the Bucs offensively, the reason why I feel like they're going to be able to score in a series is because when I look at the Bulls, and I think about DeRozan having 40 out of the 82 points that he had in the first three quarters the other night. Uh, they're tough shots. And DeRozan's yeah. going to hit tough shots. Zach Levine's going to hit tough shots. But do I think that they can score inside? I don't think so. I don't think that there's a lot of easy buckets for that team. Even a guy like Vucevic, he'll shoot his mid-range jumpers. He'll probably get his pick-and-pop threes. We'll see whether he can knock them down. And that's where I do think the Bulls could win a game or two. But I just trust the Bucks' ability to just say, well, we're just going to continue to pound it down low. We're going to dominate the, in, the, in the paint. Then we're probably going to dominate the offensive rebounds because we're going to be too big for you. So I just think over the course of seven games, if it, not that I, I, whether or not it goes that far, we'll see. But I think over the course of a seven-game series, I think that they're just going to overwhelm them with size. 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I like I mentioned with Tristan Thompson, like there were there was some excitement, like oh we got Tristan Thompson a big body, and I was kind of like, that's not the kind of big body that's going to like really boost your chances against a team like Milwaukee, especially like I mentioned with a healthy Brook Lopez. You got Giannis. It, it's it's tough to stop, and even outside of our front court, you have a, we have a guard like Drew Holiday who is going to get into the paint. Like he is going to try to outmuscle you. He has the crafty footwork. He has an ability to get points in the paint as well so I just I just think the offensive load from the Bucks is going to be too much for Chicago to overcome and if their best options are DeRozan and Levine putting up difficult mid-range shots as long as we don't foul uh, I, I think that we should be we should be in the clear defensively Fouling on jump shots feels like it could be a frustrating part of this series. DeRozan obviously really, yeah. really good at it. And I think, honestly, and this is easier said than done. I'm sitting on, on, on my couch at my desk in Australia, so it's very easy for me to say this. But I think that uh, if he's going to hit tough shots, he's going to hit tough shots. And yeah. if there's a contest, contest it. I don't think it matters with a guy like DeRozan, much like I don't think it matters with a guy like Chris Milton, if you're if more in his face or whatever, up in his grill, just uh, stay clear. Don't let him draw those fouls because that is, again, another uh, way that they can get back in the game. It'll be interesting to see the free throw rate in this series. But DeRozan, do you think this has just been DeRozan this year or you've been surprised at the season he's had? Because when you really look back, maybe arguably it's his best season. I think also he's in Chicago, so people are just watching him. I mean, his numbers were very good in San Antonio the last couple of years on a team that probably no one watched. Yeah, I, I do think I saw an article. I didn't click on it, but it was talking about how this was like a career year for DeRozan. And to have your career year in, was it year 13 for DeRozan? To have a career year this late into your your career, it surprised me. It caught me off guard. Like I was watching Bulls against the beginning and thinking like, okay, no, DeRozan is just on a little hot streak. Like how long will this last? And the streak just went the entire season. And I'm just kind of like, I didn't like, I didn't know he had it like that, like to just keep up this level of play continuously, especially at this point in his career. So I'm I'm also kind of curious to see if in the playoffs, if that energy continues or if every possession mattering, if the defensive pressure being, you know, dialed up possession after possession after possession, kind of like we mentioned before, everybody's being a try hard at this point in the playoffs. I wonder how much that will affect DeRozan's output as well. There was a point, and I think it was either sort of late Jan, early Feb, maybe just before the All-Star break, where I said, yeah, I've always just kind of laughed at the idea that DeRozan could even be in any type of MVP discussion. Just because, again, like when you get to that age, if you've never been in that conversation, it's just kind of hard to fathom that all of a sudden you're in it. When you think about the guys mm-hmm. that have been up and coming, Giannis from when he was sort of 25-ish, uh, Luka Doncic obviously a bit younger, even a guy like Devin Booker who's kind of been on the fringe this year, they're all young guys. So for a guy like well into his 30s to all of a sudden be in right. that conversation is so weird. But there was a point in early Feb where I was just like, look, if if I had a, a vote and I had to pick five players, I think it would be hard to not have him like sort of in that fourth or fifth range. I think clearly the top three have been the top three all season long. But uh, given all the injuries that they had, and at that point in time, they really weren't going away. They were still at the top of the mm-hmm. East, I believe. It was just a ridiculous season. Uh, from him but i'll tell you what a ridiculously good product is and that's athletic greens and it's specifically ag1 uh i started taking ag1 daily because uh i could probably you know, i think with with breakfast sometimes i like to get up 
I just want to be on the go, get on, go for a walk, a run, whatever it is. And AG1 is perfect because it's it's uh, it's easy, efficient, and obviously it's very, very healthy for you as well. So you might be wondering what AG1 is. Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, uh, your energy recovery focus and aging. Uh, specifically aging, that's, that's something I need to start having uh, some concern about. Uh, all those things. So uh, like I said, it does give you energy. So at the start of the day, uh, really gets you uh, going there. And uh, also a pretty important factor in all this is that it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than the cold brew that uh, I would normally go for a coffee instead. So if you just kick the coffee, get the AG1, uh, you're going to be looking after yourself a lot better there as well. And it's probably cheaper, honestly. I mean, with the price of coffee these days, it's just absolutely insane. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And while we're on a health kick, Camille, we may as well talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made in the history of the world. And uh, covered in 100% chocolate, just uh, heaps of flavors on the Built Bar website that you can go. And by the way, I love it. We do get uh, listeners from time to time or viewers that just say, I've been hearing Kane talk about how good Built Bars are for three years straight. Uh, finally, after three years, decided I'm going to make my order. So if someone tweeted that at me the other day, uh, I don't have the tweet-ups, but shout-out to that guy. I'm sure he's listening, and I hope that he enjoyed the Built Bars. And you will too if you go to Built.com. Uh, like I said, they're healthy for you, plenty of different flavors. Whatever you're into, you'll be able to find it. They're changing all the time as well. So they'll have special flavors, all those types of things. Uh, but uh, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and be like that listener and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, let's talk awards a little bit. So our good friend Eric Name over at The Athletic uh, wrote uh, this Drew Holiday story yesterday. Now, I got a confession to make. I haven't read it. I will get around to it at some point. It's fantastic. But- Camille, it's, I'm a busy man, as you as you absolutely know. <laughs> so I haven't got around to reading it yet, uh, but I will. And one of the things that I did text Eric, though, I, I saw a few people starting to put out their all-defensive uh, team ballots. It's the official awards went in yesterday. And on a number of them, I didn't see Drew Holiday there. And I, I did say to Eric, I said, you know, if you had have dropped this story three days earlier, I reckon you could have convinced people to put Drew Holiday on your on their all defensive teams, and I think part of that is true. But the the brilliance of Drew Holiday defensively uh, does often go underrated. But I will also say that last year we saw a completely different level of defense from Drew Holiday in the postseason to what we did during the regular season. And and look, I think that this is a uh, a trademark of a number of contending teams where. A lot of the defensive stuff is effort. Yeah. And, I, and and can you possibly do it for 75 games during the regular season when you know you've got this second season coming up? You're not battling for the eighth seed. You know you're going to be there. You know you want to win a title. 
So I think it might it might hurt Drew, and maybe people will look at the Bucks and they're around 13th, 14th in offense as a team for the season and say, well, you know Giannis is getting the credit. He'll probably get some defensive player of the year votes. He'll be in an all-defensive first team almost guaranteed. In previous seasons, we've seen Drew Holiday in there. We've seen Brooke Lopez in there. We've seen Eric Bledsoe. I'm just not sure if this year there'll be a second buck. I think it should be Drew if there's going to be a second one, but it might be tough. You know, I have a problem with just nope. how the NBA – so, for example, all NBA, how they Buckle have the up, positions everyone. in there. Buckle up, <laughs> Here we go. How they have the positions in there. So yeah. you have to have, you know, your two guards, your two forwards in the center. And all NBA or all defensive is similar where it's like, okay, we have to have these specific positions here to for these guys to make these teams. And I think part of the reason why we haven't seen Drew listed on more first-team all-defensive ballots is because Bam Adebayo is, also can be a forward. So I've seen some ballots where it's like, okay, we have Gobert as our, as our center, and then we have – uh, then we have Bam, and, and it's like okay, okay. So those are your those are your 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 bigs there, and Jaron Jackson's getting some love, and people are putting Mikael Bridges in as a as a guard as well. And it's like okay, I can see how Drew might get squeezed because even when you look at the Defensive Player of the Year race itself, like there's a lot of names that are being thrown out. Like I don't think there's any one consistent consensus player who. Uh, is going to run away with the award. And I think that's being reflected a lot in all defensive teams. Now, if Drew doesn't make either team, I would be shocked. I think he has to make at least second team here. Like first team, I can see if he doesn't because of how people are filling out their ballots. But I I feel like Drew has to be defense, like second team at like, if not first, he has to be second team because you're looking like, like, who else could it be? Like you got Thibel, you got Bridges, Smart, market smart. Like, I, I just, I, I think it, it just, it has to be Drew at some point. But to your point about effort, for sure, you know, that that's part of it during a regular season. So you saw it with the Bucks fourth quarters, you've seen a lot of, you know, games ending with the team not scoring for the last minute and a half of playing against the Bucks. You've seen the Bucks go on, you know, crazy 16 to four runs, whatever the case might be in the fourth quarter. So, Maybe that lack of effort just didn't catch people's eyes and seeing where the Bucks were, like you mentioned. But I still think that Drew Holiday will make an all-defensive team this season. So I think there's two versions of the Bucks. I think there's the regular season team, which can be an offensive juggernaut because ultimately get the ball to Giannis. He's going to just run and run and run. And they're going to overpower teams. They're going to shoot a shitload of threes. On some nights, they'll hit them all and they'll put 140 points on you. But I still do think the identity of this team in the postseason is defensive. You're right. We've seen it in the fourth quarter, particularly against other teams that are in the postseason. They've ramped Mm -hmm. it up, and there's been periods of games where it is just absolutely suffocating, and it starts with Drew Holiday at the top. So here's just an example I have uh, of how someone voted. I won't say who it was, even though, because whatever. Uh, (laughs) It's it's on Twitter, so... uh, and this is the interesting thing to your point about the the position. So in, in this first team ballot, Giannis was one of the forwards, but then you had Rudy and Bam, and then Mikel Bridges was the at the guard spot. And I don't really think of Mikel Bridges as a guard. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 it gets a little bit confusing because it's like, well, uh, like he's a wing. Is that so? So he's a forward, or he still would defend guards at times. So it's confusing. But Mikel Bridges and Marcus Smart are the two guards in the first team. Then you have DeJounte Murray, who I believe already has two of these uh, before 
from San Antonio, probably a team people don't watch a lot, but he is a terrific defender. And then the other guard was Fred Van Vliet, which I, I was I <sighs> I found like interesting. I mean, I don't he's not a bad defender, but when you think about some of the Absolutely other guys not. on the Raptors team, I was like, it's like Fred is the guy that you put up there on the old old de- defensive team. So yeah, I mean I guess it comes down to look. I don't think there's been a, a tremendous defensive regular season for Drew Holiday. So does he get a vote because everyone knows that he is one of the best defenders in the league, even if he hasn't particularly done it night in, night out? I don't know. I don't know. I hope he gets in there, but it'll be interesting to see how the majority of people vote. Yeah, uh, Fred. Like to your point about Fred VanVleet, like he has stepped it up defensively, and it's impressive watching what he can do given his height. I think he's listed at like six one, but I'd be surprised if he actually cracked six feet um, just based on seeing him out there on the court. So I can definitely understand why he gets some nods, but I, I, if I had a ballot, I wouldn't be able to put him in there over, over someone like Drew. All right. One other note, Giannis player of the month for March and April. Uh, and someone in the YouTube comments said this Camille, and this might be a known stat that maybe I just, I didn't know, but he hadn't won a player of the month for over two years, apparently, which uh, you know, we can talk about MVP or whatever, and we've discussed it at length on this show. He's obviously going to be top three in the MVP. I don't know if he's going to win it. It does feel like Jokic is probably going to win so. MVP. Uh, yeah. But the fact he hasn't won, and, and you can, and then people will make their own assessment. I mean, we watch Giannis every night, so obviously there's a bit of bias there. Uh, but I, I've, if you wanted an example of how or why Giannis dominance night in night out has now been normalized the fact that he didn't win a player of the month for over two years is just absolutely absurd because his numbers are always the same and in march and april we put up 30, essentially 32 points 12 rebounds six assists whatever just absolutely nutty stuff uh, from him against a pretty hard schedule it should be said uh but yeah i mean i don't really care about player of the month like it means nothing to me but uh it's crazy just, we can't be yeah, normalizing. Yeah. We can't be normalizing this man, Camille. And that's what it is. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think we've. I don't want to say we, because me and you, we we appreciate watching Giannis night in and night out. We appreciate what he does, but I think people are getting used to his greatness, and that can be dangerous at times because you start taking it for granted. Like you just assume it's supposed to be happening because it looks so easy for him. Like it's. It's of course he does that. That's what he's supposed to do. But it's like he is putting these numbers up consistently. And he is taking a beating on his body night in and night out. And we just cannot get used to the level of greatness that we're seeing. Like he is a Greek, like the Greek freak for a reason. That nickname at first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but you watch him play. The things that he does on the court are just freaky. Like it's, it's unbelievable. So I would just, again, tell all the Bucks fans, everybody listening, don't take it for granted. Understand that you're watching a generational talent. You're watching somebody who's already been named and recognized as one of the 75 greatest players to ever play in the NBA. And he is hopefully a little bit, you know, less than halfway through his, his career at this point. So just just appreciate it while you have it, because once Giannis hangs him up, it's going to be a very, very sad day. Um, and you're really going to miss watching what he was able to do night in and night out. So really just appreciate it. It's going to suck. It's going to really suck. And I'm not ruling out the fact that I'm going to hang up the microphone and stop doing this podcast immediately as soon as this team starts losing again. <laughs> because let's think about it. Uh, of course, you want to win the championship every single year. 
mm-hmm. but I kind of pointed to it last week and we sort of like joked about it or laughed about it, like the division title and all that sort of stuff. But uh, those are the types of things that you do take for granted a little bit. And I just think about some of the complaints you see from fans and that sort of stuff about little things. And it's like, well, the team was 51 and 31. That type of season was unthinkable uh, for as long as I was watching the Bucks for the first 15 years. And uh, it's all really because of Giannis. Yes, they got a great team, good coach. Things have changed, but it mm-hmm. started uh, with Giannis as well. So, yeah, we absolutely appreciate it. We're not normal, normalizing Giannis. And uh, he has a physical and mental toll on his body for what he does. Uh, we just have the mental side of it for doing this podcast day in, day out. But we are going to be back tomorrow. Like I said, Jim Paschke is going to be here. Make sure you check that one out. And Camille, uh, rest your voice. Two podcasts yeah. <laughs> two podcasts in one night. Uh, this is a marathon effort from you. Appreciate that. And I just want to say one last piece about how the Bucks were bad so many years ago. Yes. It wasn't that long ago on this very podcast when Frank and Eric were at the helm still where we had a Locked on Sadness Oh, yeah. episode i will never forget locked on sadness they had a whole different intro it was a sad sad day so <laughs> just appreciate the winning and all that's come with it so far like we're we're living in some good times right now as bucks fans absolutely and we only have a few days until the playoffs start again and there's like a like a, a nervousness excitement that begins yeah. at the start of this again a little bit different to last year not that it's not as fun but last year i think it was more dread this year is a little more excitement, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching it. And uh, it starts too. on Sunday. We've got a few more podcasts before then, so make sure you check it out. Subscribe if you haven't already. And for Camille and myself, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.